Amen. All right. I want you to notice in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. What I want to talk about tonight is why we should pray for our leaders. Why we should pray for our leaders. And I think this is a very important subject because, one, we're just commanded to do it. But there's a reason for it. Okay? These, these, the prayers that we give for our leaders, they're not just for their benefit. All right, Because let's just be honest. How many of us, if we do pray for our leaders, it's usually just, Lord, let his days be few and let another take his office. All right? you know, that's usually the prayer that we want to pray. Or we just don't do it at all because we don't like them. You know, but at the same time, too, the prayers that we pray for them are really for our benefit. We want them to lead right. We want to lead a quiet, peaceful life. And when we stop and think and when we look at why we're supposed to pray for our leaders, I think this helps give, give us some insight into what we should look for in a leader. And what I think personally is one of the main uh, attributes of a good leader. And I'll get into that in a little bit. In fact, I don't know if uh, I preached a message. It was, it was actually six years ago. I looked it up. I didn't realize it was that long ago. I thought it wasn't that long ago. But it was six years ago, I preached about a king who I declared then to be my favorite king. And most of you weren't here six years ago. But some of you were. You might remember. I don't know if any of you remember who it was. But we're going to talk about him tonight because I'm going to tell you why he was my favorite king. Yeah, because when I was studying this guy... I'm thinking, man, this is going to be tough to preach on this guy. I was preaching through all the kings of Judah, and I got to this one king. I'm like, what am I supposed to preach about? There's hardly anything about this guy, and the Lord revealed a great truth to me that day that was like, this was a great king, and this is what we should want for our leaders. And so uh, this message is kind of about the kind of leaders that we need and what shows a good leader, but but mainly I want to talk about why we need to pray for our leaders because I think when we understand why we pray, for our leaders and why we need to pray for our leaders, it will motivate us to actually do it. And we see here that this is, it's a good and acceptable thing. God likes it when we are praying for our leaders. And we do pray, you know, for, we're praying for them for our good, but we are doing it for their good too, because he said, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants your leaders to get saved. That'd be a good thing if that happened. And I know we think they're all baby-killing reprobates, and some of them are, but not all of them are. There's, there's some good ones that are not good ones out there, but there's some who have a, the potential to be good. They have the potential to be saved, and we ought to be praying for that. That ought to be our desire. So, you know, often people will bring this passage up when we're complaining about our leaders. You know, it's like whenever you, I don't know if you've ever had anybody do that before, whenever you're complaining about the leaders, complaining about the president, well, you know, the Bible says we should pray for them. Now, that's what people, all of a sudden, they want to get real spiritual. Then it's like we can't ever, you know, have a problem with them killing babies, you know, locking us up for being healthy, you know, all, you know whatever it is. We, it's like we're not allowed to do it because we're just supposed to pray for them, okay? And it's true, we are supposed to pray for them, and that's what they often ignore, okay? And next time somebody tells you when you're complaining about your leader, well, you should just pray for them, ask them, why should I pray for them? Why does the Bible tell me? I should pray for them. There's a reason for that. 
And we here, and so here, here's what we need to understand. The reason we're praying for them, we are praying that they will lead in a way that will allow us to live a quiet and peaceable life. Because isn't that what it says right there? It says, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's what we're praying for. Now, often when we're angry at our leaders is because they are doing things that are causing us to not live a quiet and peaceable life. That's why we're upset. You know, the, the truth is, the mark of a good leader is when you don't know they're there. Because think about that. How many of you do not know the name of the mayor of the town you're living in? All right, raise your hand if you don't know the mayor of the town you're living in. All right, that's a lot of you. You know what? Thank God for that. Thank God. You know why? You don't know his name because obviously he's not causing you any trouble. So he's doing a good job. They, you know, we don't need these people in our faces all the time. You know, we shouldn't be needing them to take care of us, but we also shouldn't need them to, we don't want them to be making our lives difficult. So if you don't know the name of your mayor, your sheriff, you know, the chief of police, if you don't know the names of the leaders in your community, it's probably because they're doing a pretty good job. In fact, you know, when, um, our governor, J.B. Pritzker, I didn't even know what he looked like for the longest time. I remember I knew that uh, Rauner, um, you know, he got voted out, but I didn't even know what he looked like. And you know when I found out what he looked like? I looked him up after I found out about his abortion bill that he had passed. Because, you know, we, he, he passed one of the worst, most late-term abortion bills. And I'm like, who is this scumbag? And I looked him up. I'm like, ah, he looks like a scumbag, you know? But, I, you know, I hadn't really seen much with him, but now I'm seeing him all the time. I'm hearing him all the time. You know why? Because he's affecting my life right now, and he's causing me to not live a quiet and peaceable life. And I don't appreciate that very much. I did not know who the I, – I knew the name of the mayor of Chicago because I listened to a lot of Chicago radio. But I didn't know what she looked like. I didn't even know she was black. I didn't know she was a lesbian. I saw her for the first time when uh, Pritzker was given his, um, you know, declaring the state emergency and you know, shutting everything down, I watched that press conference and I saw her standing there. I'm like, who is that troll standing there? She's just standing there just, you know, looking creepy. I'm like, who is that? They had her and they had the guy doing sign language with the tight pants that looked like a freak too. I saw him again. I think he got made fun of for the tight pants and I know he's wearing pants that fit this time. That was a blessing. But I'm like, who are these people on this stage? And then she gets up there and introduces Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. I'm like, what? She's the mayor of Chicago? I'm like, is she a lesbian? I look up, she's a lesbian. Because she, you could tell by looking at her. And I was like, good night. But you know what? Now I'm hearing about her all the time. You know why? Because she's affecting my life right now, even though she has no jurisdiction here, because everything our governor is doing right now is geared toward Chicago. You know, at least before, I didn't even know what she looked like. Bruce Round, if Bruce Rauner walked into this building today, I wouldn't know who he was. I wouldn't recognize him. You know why? Because while he was governor, he didn't make any waves. I'm not saying he was a good governor. He just, I didn't notice him. So that's good. We lived a quiet and peaceful life. You know, Blagojevich, we all knew about him because he was on trial and on the news all the time and went to prison. You know, George Ryan before him, same thing, went to prison. Uh, you know, Pat Quinn... Was it Pat Quinn, the one that was after Blagojevich? 
I think it was, I think the, not Pat Quinn. What was, who was it? I don't even remember his name. He did a good job too, I guess. And he was a Democrat. But did, I, if he walked in the room, I wouldn't know who it was. And y'all, we ought to be, we ought to be more involved in politics and paying attention to our leaders. You know, that's fine if you want to do that, but I just want these people to leave me alone. And so if, a le- if I don't know who a leader is, if I don't know what they look like, if I'm not even noticing them, that's a good thing. They're doing a good job. You shouldn't be, you know, you, you shouldn't be real familiar with the police here in town, okay? Unless you just happen to be a neighbor or a friend, you know, you don't want to ha- be having a lot of interaction with these people. And it's good when we're not having that. And so it ought to be our prayer. We ought to be praying for our leaders that they, so they will lead in a way so we will live a quiet and peaceful life. In fact, all of you in here who do not know the names of the mayors of your town, it ought to be your prayer that you never find out what it is. Because that will be mean they're not bothering you. And, but go ahead and pray for them. Lord, I ask you to bless our mayor, whoever they are. I'm asking you to bless our county board. I'm asking you to bless the judges that are in community. I'm asking you to bless the police officers in our community, Lord, because I want to live a quiet and peaceable life. I don't want to know who these people are. I don't want to know the name. I don't want to learn the names of the Rock Falls police if they're, because they're giving us grief when we're out soul winning. They haven't given us grief. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they look like. That, and so that's one of the reasons we pray for our leaders so we'll live a quiet and peaceable life. And usually when we're talking about them, it's because they're affecting us in a negative way. So the reason, so you know, when people bring that up, well, you should just pray for them. That is a true statement. But we need to understand most of these times these people are just trying to be all spiritual. But just ask them that question. Why do we pray for them? Because we want to live a quiet and peaceful life. We want to be able to live in all godliness and honesty. We don't want to have to sneak into church buildings, you know, because we're breaking law. If we, do, we don't want to have to do that. So we're going to pray for our leaders that they will lead in a way where we don't have to live like outlaws when we're just doing what God has commanded us to do. That's, that's why we pray for them. So we're also, to, you know, so we're supposed to pray that they will lead in a way that will allow us to be obedient to God. We don't want to be hindered on the things we're doing. We don't want them slowing us down. We don't want them stopping us. Obviously, we need government. We need leaders. We need police. We need all these things. And our prayers ought to be that they will just leave us alone. Not because we're doing things bad. You know, obviously, the bank robbers want the police to leave them alone, too. But no, that's not, we don't want them to leave us alone for the same reason. We're trying to do good. We don't want to be hindered. And so we're going to pray that God gives us good leaders. And if we have, you know, if we have wicked leaders, pray that God changes their heart and pray that they will not get laws passed that are going to affect us in a negative way. And we ought to pray for them to be saved. And that's what it says in verse 4, you know, that who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And I believe he wants them to be saved. But I believe also you could say that, it's, it's telling us that here, too, because we want them to be leading in a way where they're not hindering us because we want to be getting more people saved. So it's not just we don't want them to just lead good and pr- we don't want to just pray for them so they will get saved. We want to pray for them so they won't hinder us from getting other people saved, too. So understand good leaders, they will it will affect how many people are getting saved in their communities. Now, J.B. Pritzker doesn't give a rip 
But you know less people are getting saved in Illinois right now because of all these lockdowns. A lot less people are getting saved. That's the last thing on his mind. But it's the first thing on our mind, isn't it? And so we need to pray for these leaders that they'll get these things right, that they'll fix these things, and they'll stop doing the junk that they're doing. And while there is a time to pray, let their days be few and another take their office, you know, we probably don't need to do it as much as we think. We probably don't. I'm pretty sure with Pritzker we should. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not positive, okay? Uh, yeah, but we're probably right. Not every politician's a baby-killing reprobate, but understanding this passage, you know, it tells us what, what it, it helps us understand what we ought to look for in a leader, and this is important because we actually choose our leaders in this country. And understand, in probably most of the people during the Bible days, they didn't have that. They didn't have any say in who their leaders were. It was just whoever the king was, and it was just going to be in his line until somebody came and overthrew him. That was how it was going to be. They had no say in it. Well, we live in a country where we actually do have some say in who our leaders are. So wouldn't it be you know, wise for us to figure out you know, what we ought to look for in a leader? And what we ought to expect in a leader. Because I'm going to show you, too, that who we often hold up as the greats when it comes to leaders are usually the last people we should be holding up. It's com- they're the complete opposite of what we should be looking for. And I don't, I don't think people realize this. I don't think they understand this. And, mo- and most people don't understand what some of the most important qualities of a good leader are. And, so, and proof of this is by who we often say are the greatest presidents, for example. Okay? You know, you ask most people, who's your favorite president? Abraham Lincoln. He's always one of the first ones, right? But think about it. Why is Abraham Lincoln such a great president in people's minds? Well, he led our country through the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. He led our country through the Civil War. How many people died in the Civil War? Like half a million people? Americans killing Americans? Yeah, but he freed the slaves. After the fact, you know, I mean, you know, all the, the power grab that took place during that was by Abraham Lincoln, one of the biggest disasters in our country ever. That, that four-year civil war, that happened during his presidency. And yet we're going to hold him up as the greatest president. And we do. We look at who was in leadership during some of the greatest conflicts. If you ask the Democrats, you know, they'll talk about FDR like he's one of the greatest presidents that there ever was. Yet some of the most terrible things in our country happened during his leadership. You know when President Bush, George H.W. Bush's or George W. Bush's approval rating was the highest, it was after 9/11. Because everybody's watching him lead, everybody's seeing him and hearing those speeches, everybody's looking to him during a terrible time. And you know what? I'm just afraid this is going to happen, but can I just give a prediction right now? All right, this isn't like a word of faith or a word of truth that you know I receive from the Lord. This is just what I think. I personally think it's very likely Donald Trump will probably go down in history as one of the greatest presidents. I really do. Now, proof of that is Donald Trump definitely thinks that too. All right, I know he'd back me up on that. But think about this. Donald Trump, okay, People are going to look at it because he led us through the COVID-19 crisis. And we've all been watching him. 
every day. Every day, people are paying attention to Trump now. Every day, people are listening to Trump. And understand, you know, we are being affected by Trump. We just got all got money from Trump. You know, you got your Trump bucks, right? You know, and, and I got the direct deposit, but when he sends the checks out, guess whose name's going to be on it? Donald Trump. Man, we are all noticing Donald Trump right now. But, folks, are we in a quiet, peaceable time right now? No, we're not. And you could say it's not his fault, okay? And obviously, the pestilence is not Donald Trump's fault. It's not. But understand, though, the uh, many of the side effects that we're all suffering from are Donald Trump's fault. Many, many of them are. We are all noticing him right now. And because of that, he will probably go down in history as one of the greatest presidents. It's, but it was during Donald Trump's, you know, reign, administration, that we have seen churches get shut down. Where we're seeing, you know, pastors getting arrested and, and church members being fined for just showing up to a drive-up service. That's happening during Trump's administration. We're seeing cops chasing joggers down a beach. You know, we're seeing them, you know, close state parks where you can't, we're seeing them wanting to ban the sale of seeds for vegetables. We're seeing all that during Donald Trump's administration. We are all being affected during his time. And I'm not saying everything that we're dealing with and we're feeling is his fault, but let's just say we're all feeling the effects of the government right now. We're all feeling it. We're not leading a quiet and peaceful life right now. Tensions are high in the communities. People are acting weird and acting crazy and and on edge. And much of it is because of bad decisions by our leaders. We are getting the opposite. And understand, our leaders need our prayers right now because we need leaders that will lead us away from what we're dealing with right now. And they do. They greatly need our prayers. We're seeing this. And so we do. We you know, we want leaders that we don't notice. We want leaders not that take us through difficulties, but leaders that help us avoid difficulties and miss them altogether. Proverbs 22, 3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. You know, there's a lot of difficulties we get ourselves into that we should have seen coming. And if we were prudent, if we were wise, we would see those things coming, and we would avoid them. And we should. We want leaders that have some prudence, that know how to look ahead, see a potentially difficult situation, and figure out how to navigate around it so we won't even notice. And understand, some things, some things are beyond their control. Okay? I don't blame Trump for the virus. Okay? I, think, I think it's foolish. I don't care how many people get the virus. I don't care if this thing spreads to like they're, they were actually saying and, you know, 2.2 million people die. I still won't blame Trump for that. He can't control that kind of thing. And, you know, we think he's God if we think he can. And he might think that, but I don't think that. So I'm not going to get mad at him if, you know, things get out of control with a virus. You know, that, that's an act of God. He can't do anything. But I'm not going to get mad at him if we have more tornadoes this year and we're more hurricanes and more earthquakes. I'm not blaming him for that. Now, the Democrats will, right? but I'm not going to. You know, that's, that's not his fault. But, you know, if those things happen, I pray that he leads in a way 
that won't make things worse. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to pray for. So I want us to look at my favorite king in the Bible. Anybody remember who my favorite king was in the Bible? Yeah, Tommy remembers who it was. This king, I believe the way it's pronounced is Jotham is the way it's, count, it's, it's pronounced. And he was, uh, uh, turn over to Second Chronicles chapter 27. Let's go ahead and read uh, what Second Chronicles 27 says about this king. And you're going to ask yourself, why in the world would he be your favorite king? And I think probably you might get the answer just based on some of the things I've said right now. But no, let's go ahead and look through this. It says, now the children of Israel, um, oh wait, I'm in First Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 27. It says, Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. He built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles and towers. He fought also with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him the same year a hundred talents of silver and ten thousand measures of wheat and ten thousand of barley. So much did the children of Ammon pay unto him, both the second year and the third. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his way before the Lord his God, now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all his wars and his ways, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was five and twenty years old and began to reign. He reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Ahaz, his son, reigned in his stead. Why would he be your favorite king? You know, what about David? You know, David's got a way cooler story. Well, you know, I don't want a King David who goes and numbers the people, and then seventy thousand people die of a pestilence. Because of David's sin. You know, Brother Menez brought this up to me. I thought it was just interesting. Isn't it interesting? We're getting creamed on the year of the census. I don't know. He, he brought that up, and I'm like, it's an interesting thought. Year of the census. And I've never been against the census, but it's like we're numbering the people right now, and we're getting hit with a pestilence. And they're projecting right now sixty to 70,000 people dying. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder, is there something wrong with this? <laughs> uh, it makes you think a little bit, all right? I'm not declaring the census of sin or anything like that, but I, I did think that was an interesting point right there. But, you know, David, you know, there was a lot of bad things that he did. And here's, here's what was interesting. I was watching around the time when I was studying for the sermon on Jotham uh, years ago, I was watching these documentaries about all the presidents of the United States. And... During this documentary, a lot of the segments about certain presidents were extremely short. You know why? Because nothing happened. You know who it spent most of the time on? Presidents who were presidents during wars and during very difficult times. That's where it spent most of the time. And I'm thinking, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to live in that time era. I wouldn't have wanted to have been living during the Civil War and during World War I and World War II. You know, give me the president that nobody talks about because nothing happened. Because people lived quiet and peaceable lives during their reign. That's the king that I want. And I was thinking about it too. Because during then, back then we were studying through all of the kings in the southern kingdom. And I was noticing how most of the stories that we read about from 1 Samuel 
through Second Chronicles are stories about the sins that they did and then the consequences of those sins. Do you realize while we have some good stories about David, like the famous David and Goliath story, a lot of the uh, you know, Bible that is devoted to David's story is about David dealing with the consequences of his sins. And most of the kings that you would read about after that, it would tell you some of the good points, but even the kings where it said he did right in the sight of the Lord, it would go often, most of the scripture covering that king's reign would be about a mistake he made and then severe consequences that came as a result on Israel. And so when you get to Jotham, he was not a perfect king. We see that, but he was a good king, and nothing happened during his reign. The Bible gives him, in Second Chronicles, only gives him one chapter, and it's nine verses. So, you know, if I could pick a time when I would want to be living back then, uh, give me his reign. You know, I want, to be, I want to be around during his reign when we're not all being wiped out, when we're fighting wars and we're winning them. That's what I would want. Uh, you know, that's the, the kind of leader I would want. So he was king for about 16 years. And notice he did right like his father, Uzziah, but he didn't make the same mistakes as his father. Because notice how it mentions in verse 2, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit he entered not in the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly so i believe what he's talking about there uzziah might remember how he went in the temple when he wasn't supposed to and he became a leper and he was a and and uzziah was a good king but uzziah made a mistake at the end he became a leper as a result of it and so he was not allowed to enter into the congregation anymore and so you know joe that you know he didn't he didn't do anything as bad as his father did but i do think too it's saying here you know, he didn't go into the temple at all, which he probably, you know, should have done some things. But I, I'm not real sure exactly all the significance of that. But he didn't do as bad as his father. He's a little better. But it says, too, the people did yet corruptly. One thing you'll notice about Jotham is he did not stop the people from doing some things he should have stopped them from doing. There was some bad stuff that was going on that he did nothing about. But at the same time... Um, you know, it's he didn't make them worse, okay? Because again, he's not a perfect king, but at least things didn't get worse during his reign. Look what it says in Second Kings chapter fifteen and verse thirty-five. This is in Second Kings account of him. It says, "Howbeit the high places were not removed, the people sacrificed and burned incense still in the high places. He built the higher gate of the house of the Lord. So there were some things that he did not." stop but he didn't really add to the problems so you know he took a step in the right direction you know and no no none of our leaders are going to be perfect you know but we hope they'll at least do better they'll at least go in the right direction that they won't make things get worse we see he did some good things too it mentions that he built up jerusalem he built up areas outside jerusalem in second uh, chronicles 27 three through four we see that because of his uh his obedience God gave him victory over his enemies. All the people that we see him fighting against, he's winning. They're paying, you know, they're paying tribute to him. This is all stuff that's good for Israel. Most of the time, with the other kings, when it focuses stories on their battles, it's usually ones where they're being defeated and one where they're suffering loss because they weren't right with God. But because Jotham's a good king, while they're being attacked and while they're fighting wars, it said it wasn't you know just all sunshine and roses. 
They still had battles, but they're winning these battles. These aren't devastating losses. No, they're actually having victories during his time because he was a good king. And, you know, we can't expect any of our leaders to not have any challenges, okay? You know, they're going to have challenges like, you know, pandemics. There might be different financial things that come. You know, we might have different terrorist attacks. There, there's bad things that can happen, natural disasters. But it ought to be our prayer that our leaders won't add to our problems, that they won't make things worse for us, that if anything, they will help. That, that ought to be our prayer for them. So, you know, the shortness of this chapter, it's a great testament to the fact that he was a good king. And so he's my favorite king because when you study 1 Samuel through 2 Chronicles, most of it is stories of Israel suffering because of who their leader was. And we know the names of those leaders, but you know who we don't know, the names of all those people suffering. And, you know, history... It often remembers the presidents. We all remember Abraham Lincoln, but none of us can remember the countless names of people who died during the battles during that time. We all remember the names of the greats who led us through the most difficult times in our history, but none of us remember the names of all the people who suffered during those times. And so while, you know, Tommy McMurtry is not going to remember when people are looking at history, you know, the history of 2020, they're going to remember Donald Trump. Everybody's going to be talking about Donald Trump. The history books are going to be all about Donald Trump during 2020. But you know what? I don't really care what the history books say. I want to live a quiet and peaceful life during this time. That's what I want. And history is not going to remember all the people. It's not going to remember their suffering. It's not going to remember their names. But he will be remembered. And he knows it. He, you better believe he knows it. And he's eating it up right now. And I don't like it. You know, I don't like it. I'm looking forward to the day when I'm not hearing about him all the time. When I'm not watching his press conferences to find out how he's going to affect my day. Because what he's doing is affecting us right now. And, you know, while I like to claim, you know, to complain about Obama when he was president, and I did a lot of complaining. I mean, let's just be honest. How much did Obama's presidency affect our personal lives? Now, obviously, morally, a lot of horrible stuff happened during his time. You know, queer marriage came about on his administration. You know, he did that. There's a lot of bad stuff that he did. But, you know, I have not been affected by that. Okay. Now, some people have. I don't think I'm saying Obama was a good president. But, you know, have we gotten any trouble for our stance against the queers? No. You know, we didn't get any trouble. We didn't have any homos try to have a wedding here or anything like that. And if they had tried, they might have been able to get some trouble. Thanks to his leadership. But the truth is, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that happened that we really felt and noticed. And I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful that God protected us during an administration that was extremely wicked. God protected us during his administration. I think Donald Trump is a better leader than Obama personally. But you know what? God has not protected us as much during his administration. And again, that's why we want to call on God, like we talked about this morning, during times like this. We, we want to call on God because we are, we are being affected right now thanks to you know, the leadership that we have. And I just say all that to say that these difficult times that's going to make 
Trump look good, we should, see, we should be able to see past and say, no, this is not a good thing. We want leaders that we're not going to notice. Because we're not looking for, you know, while we all get entertained by Trump, while we all love watching him go, you know, go at it with the news media, and while he's entertaining, and while we're all just waiting for the big debate between him and Creepy Joe, I mean, that's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to watch it. Okay? I like to be entertained as much as anybody. You know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm going to watch it, okay, because it's going to be entertaining. You know, but at the same time, you know, we've got, we've got to recognize we shouldn't be looking for an entertainer in chief. We want somebody that's going to help us lead a quiet and peaceable life where we can do the work of the Lord in all honesty. We're not going to have to sneak around. We're not going to have to hide what we're doing. That, that's what we ought to be looking for. And, you know, guys, kings like Jotham, that's what we see. And so, you know, he did. You know, the Bible says almost nothing about him. And this story, too, about Jotham is a reminder that people mostly remember the bad that we do over the good. Because that's most of what's written about the other kings. There's more written about David's problems and the consequences of his problems than there is the good things that he did. And there's a lot of good things, too, but a lot of problems during his time. So when we look for leaders, let's look for people that we won't notice. You know, let, we should pray our leaders will stay out of our lives and leave us alone. And, well, I, I hate to be carnal again, but, you know, Fiddler on the Roof, all right? You know, musical about the Jews. There, I remember there was a line on there that I've always thought was great. And the Jews, they go to the rabbi and they ask them, you know, you know is there a prayer for everything? Like, uh, he's like, there's a prayer for everything. It's like, even for the czar. They all hated the czar. And he's like, there is, he's like, there's a prayer for everything, even for the czar. And he's like, may the Lord bless him and keep him far, far away from us. You know, hey, that's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. You know, I pray that J.B. Pritzker never steps foot in Rock Falls. Why? Do you just hate him that much? No. You know where, you know where governors usually go visit? Disaster areas. That's where, they, that's where they usually go visit. I pray that President Trump never visits our town. You know why? Because the only reason he'd visit our town is because some horrible disaster happened here. He's going to come for a photo op showing how he's here to save the day. I don't want him here. Okay? It's not that I hate him. Okay? It's just I don't want bad things happening. They go where bad things happen. And sometimes they go and they're the bad thing that happens. So it ought to be our prayer and our desire that they never come here. It's not just that we hate and despise them. We're trying to live quiet, peaceable lives, and we don't need them here, you know, holding things up, making things difficult. And so, you know, I, um, people are going to, you know, they're going to remember Trump because of this difficult, and I think they're going to forget. I think they're going to forget that it was during his administration that the Bill of Rights was basically suspended. I hope the Bill of Rights comes back. I hope it does, but I don't know if it will. You know, we're all going to forget, historically, in history, we're going to forget that he promised to lock up Hillary, but locked all of us up instead. We're going to forget that. You know, we're going to forget on his watch, churches were told they couldn't assemble. We're going to forget that on his watch, people were told they could not peacefully protest. I don't ever remember that happening anywhere where people were told they couldn't do that. All the horrible things that will, will be forgotten as soon as 
ever we all start watching the videos again of creepy Joe, you know, molesting little girls. We're gonna we're gonna forget it. And I'm not and I'm not standing here telling you we should all go vote for Joe Biden. Okay? I mean obviously, obviously he's horrible. But here's my here's my thing, all right? Already I'm watching, I'm seeing Fox News Baptist, they're still promoting Trump, praising him, saying all these wonderful things about him. Still. Like, are you serious? Why didn't you have church Sunday? Because they can't. Whose administration that happened under? It was Trump's. And yet you're going to praise him. Well, but he's not as bad as Creepy Joe. I, I get he's not as bad as Creepy Joe, but he's not great. He does not deserve our praise. He's not what we're looking for in a leader. Do you not understand that? We're not looking for an entertainer. We're not looking for a guy that just takes it to the news media so we can get a good you know, thrill out of you know, seeing him tell these people off. We're looking for someone. We're supposed to be praying for someone that will allow us to live a quiet and peaceful life, someone that we will not notice, someone that we will forget exists. That's who we ought to be looking for. And people obviously don't think that way. They don't think that way. They want that leader that they can look at, that they can watch, that they can follow. They want a King Saul. They want that guy that's head and shoulders above everybody else. They want that guy that's just presidential and that just knows how to speak in a great way, you know, one that can just, you know, win all the debates and take it to the Democrats. They're looking for all these things that really should matter. What we ought to be looking at is, is this guy going to leave us alone? That ought to be the attitude that we have. You know, why is it, too? Think, you know, think about this. You know, why is it, wouldn't a better president be like some really smart nerd guy? But, you know, why, is it, why are there no nerds that ever become presidents? I mean, a lot of times they're the one that runs a lot of things in companies, you know, because they're really smart. You know, they know what they're doing. You know, they remember all these facts. But the thing is, a nerd, even though he's really smart, he can't win a debate because a lot of times they don't have any personality. You know, if they're just up there and, you know, they've got all the facts, they've got everything down, but they've got the personality of a doorknob, nobody's going to vote for them because we're obsessed with entertainers. But you know what? That guy's probably going to leave me alone. Give me the nerd. That's who I want. I want the guy that just knows what he's doing that's smart. I don't care if he's ugly. I don't care if he's got the personality of a doorknob. I want the guy that's going to leave me alone. I don't want the guy that loves to be seen. I don't want the guy that loves to be heard and that wants to be on the forefront of everything. I don't want the guy that's wanting to send me a check with his name on it so I'll remember to vote for him in November. I want the guy I'm not going to notice. That's who we ought to be. That's who we ought to be looking for. But we're going to forget all that. So when it comes to, you know, a pandemic, this pandemic, you know, there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that something needs to be done, but it needs to be done by the proper authorities. And the president is not the proper authority. The governor is not the property of proper authority, even though he's a little closer. The governor is a little closer to the proper authority. And I'll just admit it, I like Trump better than I like our governor, but... I would be more likely to listen to our governor than I would our president in, in this current situation because he actually is closer to the proper authority. But you know who I would listen to even over our governor? I would listen to our mayor because he is closer to the proper authority because he is actually one who lives among us. 
who knows our community, who knows what we've got out here, cares about our situation, lives among us. He is the most qualified to run our town and to implement things that will benefit us and that will be best for our community. He's the most qualified because we are a small town. We are not a city. Things are different out here. So, you know, that we're seeing everything. And if you didn't listen to my radio program this morning, you need to listen to that. I explained this. But we've got everything backwards going on right now. People act like, you know, Brother Tommy, you're just anti-government. I'm not anti-government. I'm pro-government. I'm a pro-government guy, but you can't, you know, just like I'm a pro, I'm a pro-marriage guy. I'm 100% for marriage, but you know there's an authority structure in marriage. You know, the husband is the lead the wife, and if the wife's leading the husband, we got a problem. And I understand that a president is above a governor, a governor is above a mayor, but understand, though, they all have their places where they're supposed to govern. And we're seeing them get these things all backwards. You know, when our governor is making decisions that affect our town in a way, you know, there's decisions that he's making for our town that our mayor should be making. The mayor's the one that should be deciding this. He knows this area. He knows how it will affect it. He He knows what's going on. He's supposed to be up there to make sure our constitutional rights are being protected, that no mayors get out of line in case we have one that goes rogue. Or something like that, and wants to just all of a sudden start banning religion and you know hanging Christians and things like that. That's when the higher powers step in. When our local leaders start implementing things that are affecting our daily life in a way that violates our rights, that's when they step in. A governor should never; they they should hardly ever have to do anything that we would even notice. But yet. We're all, we're all feeling these things every day, and people just don't realize that. And so when, when people don't know who their leaders are, sometimes it's just because they don't pay attention. But the truth is, I believe that's often a good thing. It means the leadership is not hurting them. What do we want to do with the cop that we think is treating us unfair? Give me your badge number. Give me your name. We want to know who his name is, right? Because, you know, we feel like we got, we got treated wrong. Okay, but that cop that just doesn't give us a ticket, the one that just leaves, we don't we don't care about him, do we? We're not we're not thinking about him. We're not you know, we none of us go and like find a cop. It's like you know, and then go pull him over. It's like hey, why didn't you stop me? I was speeding back there. Give me your badge number. I'm gonna I'm gonna call your chief and tell him you didn't give me a ticket. Nobody does that, do they? Okay, we do it when we feel like they're hurting us, when they're affecting us in a negative way, and. We need to understand, we've got, we need to be praying for these people. And I believe as Christians, we do. We need to pray for our leaders. And if you don't know your leaders' names, they deserve your prayers more than any. And you need to pray that you never find out your, their name. That's what you ought to be praying. But pray for them just the same. They need it. God has commanded us to pray for our leaders. And folks, if you're not praying for them right now, when are you going to pray for them? You know what, maybe we're dealing with some of the things we're dealing with right now because we haven't been praying for our leaders. I think we we need to get back to that. We need to get back to praying for our leaders. And if you know their names, call their name out to God. And if God hears his people crying out, God will hear that. And you know what, God might decide to let their days be few and let another take their office. That could happen. He got rid of Blagojevich. He got rid of George Ryan. 
Didn't we have, we had, didn't we have like two or three uh, governors in prison at the same time? God's thrown our governors in prison before, and he can do it again. Uh, man, wouldn't that be a blessing? The one that actually affected us in a really bad way, if we could see him get thrown in prison, man, that would be a blessing. You know, Hillary, I wanted to see her go to prison really bad. I get really excited when everybody chant lock her up and things like that at the Trump rallies. But, you know, Hillary never really did anything to hurt me except just disgust me with her words and her face. You know, that's really all she ever did. But I wanted to see her locked up bad. But, boy, when I, I, I would really love to see Pritzker locked up because he, ha- he has affected me. But, you know, you say, oh, God doesn't answer prayers like that. Why did One of the reasons we see God got Egypt out of bondage Remember what he told Moses? He heard their cry. When they were in bondage in Egypt, they were crying out to the Lord. And think about this, too. People act like if you're complaining about your leaders, you know, if you're mad at what they're doing, you're just murmuring, right? Israel was the most murmuring people in the world in the wilderness. You don't get any more murmuring than Israel. But when they were crying out against their leadership, God didn't call that murmuring. God called it praying, and God answered it. So think about that for a little while. If there's anything... We ought to be going and crying out to the Lord about it's oppressive leaders. And, you know, and, you know, so don't be quick to pray for them to die. Pray that God will save them. Pray that God will change their hearts. Pray that God will just help them to lead in a way that will leave us alone. That needs to be our attitude. And, you know, people are always telling you, you know, get involved in politics, you know, find out your, no. I mean, I'm not against you if you want to do that. That's fine if you want to do that. But we should all be actively involved in praying for our leaders. And I think one of our prayers should be that we don't find out who they are. We don't know who they are because they're leaving us alone. And that's what I don't want to get involved in politics. I really don't. I, I wouldn't have a chance anyway. After all I've said about the homos, I couldn't get elected to anything. So I, I've, I've canceled myself out already on that. I, it'll never happen I'll never be able to run for office, even if I wanted to. And the truth is, I don't want to. But, you know, sometimes I almost feel compelled to because it's like these people are I'm tired of them messing with me. I'm t- but I don't want to do that. I, I, that's not what God's called me to do. He's called me to be a preacher of the gospel. So I'm going to pray for these people so they can leave me alone and let me get about my business, what God's called me to do. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Dear God, help us to uh, pray to you more about everything. But, Lord, I pray we'll remember to pray for our leaders. I, pray, I, I believe there's some out there that need to be saved and that, you, uh, that I know you want to save, and I pray that you'll do that. Lord, I pray that you'd amaze us and just save one of these wicked governors, even our governor, dear Lord. It, what a miracle it would be to see somebody like him get saved. I pray that we'll have that hope and that desire to see that. And but most of all, Lord, I just pray, even if these people are God-hating reprobates, I pray that you will move them to just lead in a way that will affect us as little as possible. Lord, help us to just be able to get back to doing what we've been doing, completely unhindered by our government. I, I pray that you'll, you'll do that for us. And I thank you, Lord, for the leaders in our local community, Lord, that we don't know their names. Lord, they've left us alone. Uh, our, our local leaders have been a blessing. And, God, I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you will bless them richly for that. I pray that when this crisis is over, that our our area will be affected as little as possible, Lord, not just for our own selfish reasons, but for our leaders. I pray that things will be easy for them because of the fact that they have left us alone and they've not caused us any trouble. 
And so I, I pray you'll give them a special blessing for that very reason. In your name we pray. Amen.